Welcome to the Plan B Preneur Podcast. This podcast is for professionals, entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, and leaders who want to create greater income and impact. On the podcast, we explore strategies, tools, and techniques for creating multiple streams of income, launching your entrepreneurial dreams, and living a life of impact. We bring to you amazing guests and experts, as well as practical opportunities to help you achieve your entrepreneurial goals. This is the Plan Preneur Podcast, and I am your host, Damien. On this edition of the podcast, I am grateful to have our guest in the house as a special person that I've come to know over the past few years. Lola Ekogo is our guest today on the Plan Preneur Podcast. Lola, it's great to have you. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Demi. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Great. I know I'm grateful to have you. Like I said, over the past few years since I've known you and I've seen some of the amazing work you've been doing, cross-disciplinary work and creative on this side, analytical on this side. I'm just super excited to speak to you about how you do all that. And I know that some of your experiences will also be of great benefit to the audience that is listening to us. I, I and, and just to be sure you are where where are you joining us from today? And how's it going over there? I'm joining you from the sunny Lagos, Nigeria. Um everything is going good. I think we're good here. <laughs> awesome. Awesome stuff. So as we get into this conversation, you're gonna hear a bit more about Lola and her story and I'm gonna share with you. But one of the things we usually ask guests on the podcast, the first thing is because we talk a lot about entrepreneurship and creating value, and this could be entrepreneurship or different forms of um, entrepreneurial adventure. And the first question will be, Lola, as an entrepreneur that I know that you are, what is your favorite quote in in entrepreneurship or what is one quote that stands out for you? Okay, Demi. Hmm. I would say, I sort of think every year it changes for me. Um, I remember last year, the quote that was, I mean, was it for me was go big or go home. I just felt like, look, if you're going to do it, you just need to do it. Like there's no point being like small about it, like go big or go home. But I think Mm -hmm. this year, the quote that has been on my mind constantly is what would you attempt to do if you knew you couldn't fail by Robert Schuller? And I think that is just resonating with me. I think, you know, we're all at a point where we're thinking about our future, our next steps. And it's really about, you know, challenging ourselves. You know, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? You know, so I think that for me right now is what is resonating with me. Wow, brilliant. I want to recycle both quotes because I feel like they already given me the energy for 2022. And I'm sure listeners as well are already tapping into that because it's, Go big or go home, I think it's still super relevant. But then what would you attempt to do if you knew you couldn't fail? I love that. That's a good way to go. And listeners, you're already getting an insight into Lola's mind. And now I'm going to allow Lola to tell us a bit about her. I know she's been, she's, she's a senior leader in tech industry and an entrepreneur, like I've said, but also an author and a writer. But I'm not going to steal the show. I'm going to let her tell us a bit about her journey and herself. I'll over to you. Okay. Um, thanks, Demi. So I think for me, I, I in the past, I sort of tried to define myself or maybe I should have some, you know, constant title for myself. Uh, maybe either I'm like a tech person, a digital expert, or 
maybe I needed to be an author and that's what I am. Or um, I'm also an entrepreneur as well. So I remember sort of struggling with that. So my answer is I feel like I'm many things. Uh, I'm a digital expert with about 15 years experience in the industry. I've also launched my own startups in the, in the, in the past. I'm recently an author of uh, the novel, The Lagos to London. Um, so for me, I say I'm many things and we can be many things, right? Um, the journey sort of started for me um, many years ago, I think when I was young, I would say. And I remember there was a bit of a struggle to sort of decide on what I was going to become. Um, for those that are familiar with Nigeria and I guess a lot of African parents, it, it was a case of maybe if you're good with in mathematics, you know, or sciences, they say, oh, you should probably go and be like a doctor, uh, maybe like an accountant. Um, if you're good, probably good in arts, it was maybe you should be an architect or study law. Um, so so there, was, there was sort of a defined way. They were sort of choosing how, you know, what you should become. But I think the issue with me at the time was that I was actually really good in maths and I was really good in English and art. So it was like, okay, so what do we do with this one um, type thing? So I remember struggling myself to sort of like, what was I supposed to, in fact, at some point I felt a bit serious, like, you know, my older brother, for instance, he's a medical doctor, a surgeon. He always knew, you know, I was the one that like for the longest time, I didn't even know what I was going to become. Um, so I remember just sort of, you know, going with the flow. Um, eventually I thought, you know, medicine seemed to be like a good course to study. So I, I um, tried to, I did this thing called JAM, um, it's a matriculation exam uh, here in Nigeria, and there was a cutoff mark. So you would, if you got the cutoff mark, you'd be able to study your first choice. Of, um, first choice. So I wanted to be a medical doctor, but um, I don't know if to say unfortunately, because now it looks so fortunate for me. Um, <laughs> I wasn't accepted to um, study medicine. Um, eventually, my parents enrolled me for a course. It was like a pre-degree course in in University of Lagos, and um, I was hoping that out of that I would be able to get the medicine. But again, second strike. You know, this time they gave me a course called Cell Biology and Genetics. Um, so my parents were like, "Okay, well, let her go." So I got into my my first year of Cell Biology and Genetics. As I said, I was really good in, in, in sciences and arts. So I was actually like, it was okay. But I remember, especially for my parents, I, and I say their name a lot because they did have a strong role, which they played in my earlier years. Um, they were just really unsatisfied. Okay, so if you're going to be a cell biologist, how would you find work? What, where would you work? Would it be in the lab? Um, so there was, there was a lot of like, there were a lot of questions. And so eventually they heard about this computer um, science foundation course in the UK and thought, ah, you know, it would be a good one. Maybe she should just try that. And I remember my father saying to me at the time, look, just go and try this course out and, you know, see how it goes. And I was like, OK, I could I would do that. Let me go and see, like, you know. And I remember going to the UK and um, being introduced to different courses and computer networks software programming, um, Java at the time. And I remember just like understanding how to code like so fast. Like it just was, it literally came naturally to me. And then I realized that it didn't come naturally to a lot of other people. And so I really wow. became quite popular in my class. And 
that was basically where my tech career sort of, uh, my tech love of, or passion for technology kicked off. And I sort of decided that I was going to study um, business information systems because I thought it was a good um, combination between business and computer programming. And eventually that sort of worked out for me. I got my first job um, as a software engineer um, in investec asset management, and that was in the UK. I sort of evolved from there. Um, but I think there were a lot of things I didn't even know about myself that I was, I was going to achieve, um, you know, along the way. So maybe I should stop there and sort of hear from you. And I, if you want me to continue, I could, you know, tell you about how I got here. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to hear about how you got here because, you know, the truth is there's some things I haven't even heard about your story now that you're talking about. I haven't even heard from you and I haven't even read it online. So it's so good. And really, I, I think like you were saying before you stopped off, how you navigated and how you, you got to this point, because we you, you haven't even told us the fullness of everything that you're doing right now. But I think two things that stood out to me from when you were talking was, number one, how you started off saying that um, you, you, you've moved away from that place of defining yourself within just one thing. And you're giving yourself the freedom to sort of be all the things that you can be. I think that is powerful. And I just wanted to retreat that for a bit, right? Because if you said, oh, I was, I'm just this tech person, but now you're also like an entrepreneur who has startups, but you're also an author, right? Like you recently published a book. And I think that that was powerful in terms of um, just people thinking about, because what we're talking about today is like reinventing, navigating yourself and finding your own path. And people grapple with a sense of being fixed to one thing versus being able to transition and to change. The other thing that I thought was interesting was the fact that you um, thought you had found it in medicine, but it didn't work. But then um, again, providence or time and chance and ETC and your parents being involved in that, you got into a program where your natural attributes were, uh, for lack of better words, immediately recognized by that program itself because it just came naturally to you. So I, I totally appreciate you sharing that. I want to hear more about how did you then evolve and go through that process to where you are today. And maybe if we walk backwards a bit and say, what are you doing today? And then we match that story together to, to see, uh, to make sense of this journey. Okay. So at the moment, um, as I mentioned, I have, I have about 15 years experience in digital technologies. And um, so I'm actually the chief dig digital officer for FBN Quest, um, an investment management firm here in Nigeria. Um, I'm also the author of Lagos to London. Um, that is my most recent baby. Um, it's a Congrats. novel that, <laughs> thank you so much. It's a novel that I think was a long way coming, um, a long time coming, they would say, um, because I think I've had to sort of evolve as I you know, moved along my life. Um, the novel of Lagos to London is about two uh, main characters, Remy Kuka and Namdi Okonkwo. And they are both living in Nigeria and they both sort of had to travel to the UK for different reasons. Um, Remy Kuka comes from like a wealthy family and her parents own a law firm in Nigeria and they 
sort of felt, look, she would be the one to come and run the law firm. So they wanted to send her to the UK and ex- with the expectation that she would come back and run the law firm. But nobody sort of ever asked her, look, Remy, what is it you actually want to study? It was just, you know, expected of her. And then you have um, Namdi Okonkwo, who um, is like, you know, by all means, you know, Nigeria is not working. His school has been on strikes and he just wants to leave the country, but he doesn't have money. So he sort of, he's the story of a lot of Nigerians today who want to leave and he sort of hustles his way and makes, and makes it out of the country, expecting that when he gets there, the streets will be paved with gold and his life will just turn out perfectly. And I think, um, I thought it was important to tell that story because we all have different expectations. Um, you know, we're all moving through life, trying to figure out what our, what our path is and, you know, uh, where we want to be, you know, what we want to achieve. And there are many expectations, especially big expectations of leaving your country. But I think that it's important that we realize that life is really what you make out of it. Um, it's important to find your own path. Your path, Damien, and my path is, is not going to be the same. Clearly, it's not at all. Um, so there's no one template. And so it goes through their life and their experiences and the people that they meet. In the end, um, hoping that they find their own path, make their own mark in the world, and of course, hopefully live their, live their dream, um, which is everyone's dream. So that is, um, those, that's my most recent um, project. And before I ask any other question, I wanted to say how important it is to see this narrative, not just as a Lagos to London narrative. I think it's powerful that you have called the book Lagos to London, but it can almost be Africa to the West or Africa, because I haven't worked, I, I live and work in Kigali, Rwanda at the moment, and I've worked a bit in Mauritius and South Africa and been in Kenya, um, Uganda, and spoken with different people the story is the same. The the narrative is the same. So I think this book is even is 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 going even beyond those two countries in particular and is tapping into a narrative that is more continental and that is broad. And it's exciting. It's interesting for you to because these are the tensions that people face as we're talking about this plan B premier podcast. People people are trying to figure out what do I want to do with my life? But also people are trying to figure out there is more for me out there. Right, like there are more opportunities than what is currently in the African space or the African context. But one of the things that I think we're hearing as we're talking about reinvention is that you are saying this, your life, your path is unique. Your story is different and you are the master of that. You are the one who is going to be able to chart that. Uh, regardless of what happened. Um, and I'm going to stop there for a bit. There are other thoughts that are coming to my mind, but I want to hear a bit more from you for especially how, you know, and maybe tell us a bit more because some of this, I know your story is in that book. So how did you, <laughs> how, how does, how did you navigate that reinvention journey yourself? But also knowing that you have, so, so let's start with that reinvention journey and eventually like, finding your own path and looking at the message of what um, Lagos London really talks about as well. Yeah. Okay. So maybe I'll, I'll continue from where I stopped. Um, you know, so having, Brilliant. having then, 
found that, oh my God, I love technology and it's something I wanted to pursue as a career. Um, so good thing is, as I said, I got a good job. Um, I tried to navigate the UK. Of course, there were challenges around, you know, different cultures, you know, just sort of understanding the culture of a new place. And as you said, the book for me, it's the name is Lagos to London, but it's 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 much bigger than that. It can relate to anywhere, you know. It's like Africa to the world, if you ask me. Um, so I think you know. So I, I of course then you know moved on that path, and I remember when I had worked in the UK for about nine years, I was doing really really well in my career. Um, you know. Everyone would say, I mean, Lola is doing well. So I was doing well, both to myself and both, you know, as people would see. And I remember thinking, there just has to be more than this, right? I mean, am I going to just, I mean, is this really going to be it for me? What is my future? Am I just going to, you know, I remember just being really, really um, worried that is this really it? And I remember one day there was this like, like old lady who used to work on my floor in the organization I was working at and I remember it was like maybe 6 30 p.m and and I was about to leave and I was walking towards the door and then she was like in front of me and she as I was like going to I was just behind her she opened the door and she held the door for me to come and I remember like I felt like I saw like a flash like would this be me like you know I mean this lady's close to retirement am I gonna be her you know you know, so I remember thinking that was like a big wake up call for me. Like, look, you know, great on her, but is this really going to be the end for me? I've not explored. I, I do you understand? Like, what if I could I do so many things? And, you know, so I remember being really, that sort of gave me a bit real push. And so I decided that, look, um, I was going to take some time out of work. You know, I'd always already been working for almost 10 years. So I thought, look, my experience isn't going to go anywhere. It's still going to be there. So why don't I take some time out to sort of explore what I was capable of? And so I remember I had some of my startup ideas, um, and this was in the UK. So I had an idea for a travel um, company, um, sort of a social travel company called Tribza. And so I, I actually decided to resign. I remember people thought I was crazy, but I said, look, I'm resigning. I spoke to all my key stakeholders, my husband, my parents, my family, it's like, look, I need to do this for my sanity. And they looked like, they were like, okay, it's fine. I mean, if you really need to. And I, and I resigned and I started working on this idea. Uh, the good thing is there was, there was Google campus in the UK. They had just set up like a small startup hub and I was able, I got admitted into it as well. And I started working on my, my own startup. Um, and that sort of made me very happy because I was able to realize that I could actually start something up from scratch. Um, you know, not just being a, a worker in a sense. And I think my entrepreneurship journey sort of evolved after that. I also moved to Nigeria. I was able to um, launch another startup um, called um, RNG, um, Restaurants Reservations Online, and sort of explore myself a bit more before um, some new opportunities came my way in the corporate world, which sort of excited me. They were around um, innovation and you know, developing new products um, that were sort of for the future. And that sort of then excited me to sort of come back into the corporate world. Along that journey, I also realized that something I really needed was, I felt like I needed to, I, I was a tech person, I would say, you know, that was all I had known. And I thought, look, if I'm trying to move to my next level now, um, I, th I felt like 
at first I thought I needed a PhD, but then I realized I needed an MBA a bit more because I'm trying to, you know, this is about business now. This is about developing new products. This is about looking to the future forecasts. And so I, I decided that I was going to do an MBA. And then I, that was when I went and did my MBA at Imperial College in London. And I did it part-time while working, which till date stands as one of the most, the hardest things I've ever done because it was actually really challenging, but worth it. It's actually one of the best decisions I've made as well. And so I did that. And that sort of even helped me as I was excelling and growing in my career. And while I was doing that, and so I was, I was at a place where I thought, look, I'm doing awesome. But the thing is, I had dreams unrealized where I've always loved to write as a child. You know, I used to write poems and I, I, I used to like singing too. So I used to write some short songs. And I realized that, and I think that was even before, that was before I moved back to, or moved to Nigeria to work. I knew that there were stories that I felt like I needed to tell. And there were, there was an, you know, writing, for me, I see, I see myself as a problem solver. Like I'm here to sort of solve problems and how I solve it is, is different. So with digital, I see myself as I'm solving problems with technology. With writing, I, I see myself as I'm solving problems with a pen. And I thought, mm. look, the story of Lagos to London needed to come out because I felt like there were so many people out there at this point where, you know, you're just thinking about your future. Um, you may even feel stuck where you are, um, you know, just trying to find your path, you know, um, and then the hope that the greener pastures in the UK or wherever in America you decide to travel to will solve all your problems. And then it may not, <laughs> you know. So I felt like, you know, the story needed to come out. And wow. so for me, as you can see, I've I've done a lot of things. I've explored I'm like, I have explored that I can tell you. Um, um, even when I decided to go to write a book, I actually went on a creative writing course. So I'm also very big on development. Like, you know, nice. that was at City Academy in, in London, you know, Johnson. So, so yeah. I'm big on, on exploring, learning, you know, knowledge. Um, so I think maybe I'll stop there for now. Um, I could li I could totally listen to you just keep going. I I don't even want to interrupt you because you just shared a lot that is so good that I think that <clears throat> and you did it beautifully because you went full circle to from where you were talking about how your own dissatisfaction came about but also you you dropped a number of nuggets along the way in how did you navigate that and I think I want to touch on a few things because there's some interesting questions I want to ask you. You wanted to continue some things. So, so please, please hold that. But also I wanted to ask you um, how you, because people are trying to, for example, like you said, okay, that, that's a question I want to, to park, but, but let's park it first. People are trying to go and they feel like, okay, all my problems are going to be solved by moving from one coast to the other ETC. How far is, I want to know how far of that is true and how far of that is fallacy and maybe because legitimately there might be um, impediments where people currently live, where environmental impediments, where they need to find a different environment. So, but I'll come back to that. But one of the things you said, which I think is interesting for anybody looking at this reinvention theme is really where you started to feel that hunger, where you started to, and you responded to it because you started to feel like 
is this going to be my life forever? And then you have that wake up call moment that really, that, that, and that, and you took action, right? Um, because I feel like people get to that point where they are coasting, they have that pressure, but because of some other external pressure or because they, they don't want to answer that voice, because like you said, maybe, maybe the stakeholders in their lives are even like, not agree with them because when you resign your job, your husband, your parents, your key friends are to agree with you. But people get to that point and they don't really get the opportunity to do that. But I, I, I love the fact that you said you prioritize things like your sanity. So really sometimes reinventing yourself is giving yourself sanity, your health, right? Being able to actually build something from scratch, like you said, developing that confidence. And I'm sure in the beginning, you can tell us if it was easy or not, or scary or not. Did you just jump off? So these are two questions now I've laid down for you. Was it just easy to walk away and just say, okay, I'm going to go into an accelerator. I'm going to start this new idea without my full-time job? Because the fear also keeps people, the sustenance and ETC. And then you talk about how do you get a support system and all that. But then you also mentioned the need to develop oneself in order to go for these things. I think that is a huge uh, pin there. So let me let me bring it back to you and, and start out with the question around, was it easy to make that transition? Was it a fearless move where you knew everything was guaranteed? And then the other question is around this legitimate issue of people moving to another environment to better their chances. Is, is this realistic and what was the balance there? Yep. Okay, so um, to the first question as to whether it was easy, no, no. These things are, they're never really easy, unfortunately. But some things just need to be done. <laughs> I think that would be what I would say, right? Because you're, you're, some things are at stake already. Um, I'm a big believer of no regrets. Um, I think regret is one of the worst things that just sort of lingers on with people. I realized that even at 80 years old, People made decisions at 20 and they still regret it. Like you see an 80 year old man and he will say, ah, I really wish I did this when I was 20. And you're like, ah, you mean this guy is not forgotten? You know? So, so for me, I'm not anything that would make me have any regrets. I really bring it to the table and I really dissect the living daylight out of that. Now, I remember one of the things that gave me comfort when I was going to leave were two things. One was, I had to build what the worst case scenario was, okay? What was the worst case scenario? Honestly, if you can really sit down and ask, what is the worst that would happen? So I remember, um, of course, before leaving my job, I put in some savings as well. Um, so that sort of gave me a comfort. I had like, a, I had like a, a plan, right? I remember I told myself that I would give this two years because I'd also thought that, okay, I've already banked a good nine years to almost 10 years experience in the industry. So I thought, look, even if whatever I was going to do failed, um, then, I mean, I haven't lost the experience. People would then ask me, why, where were you? And I would say, like, I was running my startup. <laughs> you know, do you understand? People, people yeah. leave for a year and even travel for a year. Your experience still is there. So I thought, okay, the worst case would be that maybe I will struggle a bit to get a job. But then I already capped it and said, look, that is why I'm not going to leave my job. 
I'm not going to stay for more than two years because then once it gets to three years, four years, who will think, does she still remember <laughs> what she was doing? So I had to think about those things. I thought, okay, what's the worst case in terms of, um, you know, sustenance? The worst case was that I already said, look, I was going to live at minimal, minimal. I'm not going to, I knew that I was not looking to like do any luxury, you know, um, you know, serious lux luxurious thing. But I had already sort of weighed that with my dream and my future. I was like, okay, would I, because of maybe one or two years of going on holiday, wherever, against my future, my, my dream, my sanity, my regrets, <laughs> I could even, you know, put them together. So I think yeah. those were some of the things like that I had to do. And then I had to engage my stakeholders. And when I say engage stakeholders, even though these are family members and, and largely, and even friends, you know, mentors as well, I would, I sort of, I have a case. I'm not doing this out of like, just an, I'd already cased it out the way I'm explaining to you. Okay, do you understand? I thought even if I do this, it will be X amount of time. What I'd also done is I built a very strong relationship with my boss at the time. And I told him why I was leaving. So, and I was doing my work well. So he even had said, look, you know, if you ever choose to come back, you know, come back here. Do you understand what I mean? So I had already I built like a, a solid sort of wrap around that plan. So it was difficult for anyone to come and say, oh, no, it doesn't make sense. What are you saying? It doesn't make sense for me to explore a trial. And, you know, do you understand what I'm saying? Based on all I what see. I've said. So yeah. I had already built a very strong case for myself and to everyone. So it, it was difficult for people to say, ah, no, 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 ah, you know. So that was one. Now to answer the question around... Um, whether it's really worth or the, the traveling abroad and, you know, seeking greener pastures elsewhere makes sense. I think, to be honest, it's, it's if you have the opportunity to, there's no reason why you shouldn't explore. I'm a strong believer of exploring. Um, but then I realized that not everyone has that luxury one. Mm -hmm. So not everyone is going to be able to travel out of your country. But then there are some people who never did and are doing like super amazing things in their countries and making real impact. So you don't want to be among the people sitting down saying, ah, if, um, if, I, if only I had traveled, that would have been when I would have made it. When it's possible like that you are meant to actually fill a gap here in your country, wherever that is. And, you know, your country is basically waiting for you, but you're, you're looking out at another country. You know, that's one. Two is you then also have the people who actually travel out. And it's not everyone that's a success story. I don't even think it's up to half of the people that actually leave the country that are success stories. I remember those days in the UK, so many Nigerians and Africans were security guards um, in all the shops, bouncers, and all sorts of things. You know, not all of them were working in uh, tier one investment banks and things like that or oil companies. Um, but no one even tells you that because I realized that even if you're in Nigeria or your country and then you call your friend who is actually a bouncer in one of the clubs over there, he will tell you that, ah, no, this place is so amazing. Oh, do you just come and start coming? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. What? Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I knew of people who were sort of 
stocking they were doing overnight stocking they were doing like multiple jobs in the uk maybe in the daytime they're like maybe uh, working in supermarkets in the night they're stocking all sorts of things and then you compare that with people in nigeria who are maybe working in banks and it seemed as if if you have not traveled do you understand you have not gone anywhere meanwhile it would even be the people who were coming from africa that were even spending more in the uk because the people that are working there could not even shop. <laughs> I don't know if you know what I mean. Um, I, so I hear, I, yeah, yeah, so I, that's why I'm saying everybody has their path. And sometimes mm. the world sort of helps you define what that is. Like for me, if I didn't, uh, Johnson, if all the disappointments I had, it's what eventually led me to realize that technology was, was for me. Do you understand what I mean? Um, I hear you. So for me, I'm, I'm really keen on, you know, making the best out of wherever you are. And if you are among the top tier people in the UK that, you know, or in America or Canada that have that opportunity to make it there, I feel like there are also some values which I think you should sort of display. And so the book Lagos to London sort of talks about the temptations that people faced when they got there and how essentially following the right path as well and doing good things or having good values sort of help them excel. Um, and I would say little things like, you know, a dream for a lot of Africans is when you go there, you'll be able to get your passport. And one of the things my book talks about is uh, there were like four routes to get your passport. Um, the worker, which is like working at that time, you worked for about a few years. Um, the lover, I mean, people were marrying for passports at the time. The businessman, uh, this is when you had enough capital. And there was uh, the hustler. The hustler are those people who they did a couple of years in school, then they worked or the school, trying to make it up as many years as possible to prove that they could have, have citizenship. And it sort of talks about the challenges. It's a fictional novel, but honestly, the reviews we've gotten is that it is so relatable and seems so real. Um, because really? these are real issues that people are facing. And, you know, how to navigate that to, of course, I guess, live your dreams in the end. Wow, brilliant. Wow, wow, wow. That I, the, the time has gone by so fast, I can't believe it. And I think Lola, we need to figure out another edition. We need to talk about some of the other things you were talking about and just go into a book a little bit more because you usually try to just keep the 35 minutes so people can enjoy, but I know they will want to listen to another part of this. But I think that, I'm going to let what you said rest because I'm not going to touch it, but I have more questions. But I appreciate you shedding light on the book. I, I never knew. I'm, I was just trying to order my copy from Amazon as well. It's great to see that I can order it from Amazon, actually, because for the longest time I was like, how do I get it? Will I get somebody to bring it to me from Nigeria? But I think people can order it from Amazon. It's Lagos to London. And I like the classification that you used, the lover, the hustler, the business person, and then the, what's that last one now? The, the businessman. Okay, the lover, the businessman, the worker, and the hustler. Yes, the worker and the hustler. I can't wait to read that. I think that this in itself would bring a fresh thinking to how people navigate this um, sort of, going to the West, 
dreams, but also expat lifestyles. As we wrap this up, right, at, at Lagos London is available at lagoslondon.com, right? If I'm, yes. I'm, I'm on Amazon, so it's 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 easy to get. I think it's a fantastic book. I'm waiting to get my own copy as well. And I I, I wanted to ask you, people will find themselves in this uncomfortable place where they might need to reinvent. What are maybe like the final tips that you would share with them and maybe things that were useful for you? I'm just summarizing again some of the insights you shared today. Okay. Um, time has gone by fast, uh, but I'm happy uh, to have maybe. had this conversation. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So I think uh, what are the tips that people could sort of... Um, um, you know, take out. I think one is, I feel like, I know this may seem really, really direct, but I feel like no matter how far you've gone in a direction you think is not for you, I think you should just turn back. Just mm. turn back. <laughs> just turn back because it's better to, no matter how far you go, you can never be satisfied in that direction. So you need to turn back. And I know it requires courage, a lot of courage and support. So I think that those are, that, that's just one thing. Just turn back. Um, Two is, um, I think you should equip yourself with as, as much knowledge as possible. Um, the world we live in today, I mean, there's so much information available everywhere. So um, it's really, if you think that this is an area which you would want to explore, if you want to be, you're, maybe you're in the career, you want to think about entrepreneurship, or you're an entrepreneur, you want to go into a career, or you, know, you have a dream to be a creative writer, but you're stuck on, at your desk. I think you should first even explore, you know, try and understand how does this industry work? Who are people that are already in the industry? Are there people you can talk to? Um, so I think seek as much knowledge as possible. I also think you should seek advice because um, I realized that at a point in my career or in my life, I realized that people had already formed impressions about me that I didn't even know that they'd formed. I remember, you know, I'd obviously taken out time to, to become an entrepreneur. And then I was at a point where I was getting opportunities to come back into the corporate world. And I remember having a few discussions and a couple of people that knew me said, Lola, do you know you're very innovative? And I remember, I mean, that was a good couple of years ago, but I remember I never really thought of myself as that, you know? So you realize that people are even observing you in ways you didn't even know. And that sort of helps you reassure you or boost your confidence to let you know that you can actually do this. And maybe this is even a path that could work for you. Um, another thing I would say is, and I think I said it already, you know, you need to build worst case scenarios because I think when fear comes in, that is very way, the way to conquer it. You need to sit down and say, what is the worst that would happen now? The worst that would happen is I'll lose my house or I would rent it out to somebody if you have a house and I'll go and stay with my family. <laughs> like, do you know that you need to be able to realistically for six months or a year, you know, so yeah. realistically um, build that um, case or or um, a worst case scenario of, of what would happen if you um, if you did this. And I would say the last thing maybe I mean, there's lots of things to say, but let me say the last thing for now is, you know, um, be courageous, um, you know. I, I say sometimes you can't play too safe to, to win big. I mean, mm -hmm. the, some people that have made it really or made an impact in this world, they've had to take steps. They've had to walk into the unknown. Um, I mean, so really, what's it going to be for you? Are you going to be, you know, play it safe, 
stand by the shores or are you going to like jump into the ocean and be like, look, <laughs> you know, I only have one life, you know, that's it. You know, how am I going to, how do I want to feel when I'm 90 or 80? Um, so I think that's it for me for now. Thank you. Wow. Wow. That was, that was, that was a, that was a bang. You can't play too safe to win big. I, that, that is just ringing in my head and it's such a fantastic way to really, um, not only wrap up the message of this podcast again, like I said, Lola, I think that there's more things we need to talk about. So we're going to do it. We're going to find space for another edition, but this has been solid. This has been on many fronts. I think this is something, this, this is the best way to, to start the year out for many people listening to um, this. And I, I can imagine the number of people at this juncture where you have talked about navigating and this will come in helpful. So I want to thank you super, super again for making the time to come and just share all this wisdom. I um, want to thank our guests who have been listening so far. Again, this is a Plan B Premier podcast. You can find more information about our programs and our fantastic guests on planbpreneur.com. But importantly, Lola's book, Lagos or London, is at lagosolondon.com. And then you can also get it on Amazon. Um, you've heard from Lola and there's just a lot of solid stuff she's shared and can't wait to have her again. So Lola, thank you so much again for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I wish everyone all the very best in 2022. Thank you. <laughs> thank, you so, thank you so much. So we hope to see you again. So guess it's been a great time. Wish you all the best, like Lola said, in 2022. And um, look out for more uh, episodes of podcasts. Please share this with your friends when you're done listening. Share this with people that you think will benefit from it. Until I come your way again, I'm your host, Demi. Keep making income and impact. All right. <laughs>